Abrupt Streets presentation. Welcome to the Powercast. The Powercast. Welcome to the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the podcast discussing the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And today you have Royal TJ. And this is Jaren. And this week we are talking about the 34th law. Be royal in your own fashion. Act like a king to be treated like one. All right, Jaren, translation. Hit us with that. All right, so the translation this week is uh, definitely one most people would have heard before. And that one is fake it until you make it. Okay. I was thinking the same thing if I had to give a translation. Yep. Pretty simple. All right. You just got to fake it until you make it. Yeah, man. You got to act like you got it until you get it. (laughs) All right. All right. From the OG Robert Greene, he says, The way you carry yourself will often determine how you are treated. In the long run, appearing vulgar or common will make people disrespect you. For a king respects himself and inspires the same sentiment in others. By acting regally and confident of your powers, you will make yourself seem destined to wear a crown. And I've said this in at least five other laws. I've said it often because it's a phrase that I truly believe in. It fits in many laws and it also fits in many life lessons. Perception is everything. Right. If you, yeah, man, if, if you see... Or if people see that you respect yourself and your actions command respect, people are going to treat you with respect. Along those lines, if you tolerate disrespect, the perception will be that it's okay to treat you with less respect. And this works in all relationships. That can be romantic, work, family, and friendship. You got to command respect, man. Definitely. I mean, like you said, it's it definitely fits into a lot of the the laws and well here's a here's a law just for it <laughs> you gotta think it till you make it so all right so let's get let's dig right into this the og <clears throat> made a statement about powerful people and how they may be tempted to appear like they're the common man mm-hmm. as if everyone shares in that power and the problem is that people begin to see that they don't share that same empowerment as the leader However, they may be affected by the decisions or will be affected by the decisions of that leader. Jaren, have you ever had a boss or a person in charge that spoke nonsense like, hey, you and I are no different. We share the same struggles. I want you to view me as one of you. Treat me like you treat everybody else. Yeah, the boss that did that. They may not say that, but they would talk as if they have the same struggles as you, like with raising kids or something like that. You know, and like, yeah, little Becky had to, you know, she got, she was sick and I had to go pick her up from private school today. And, (laughs) you know, and they go to like a private school where like the, like they have to pay like $5,000 a month or something (laughs) just like for tuition. Or or they try to hit you with the, oh man, I had to go volunteer for little Becky's private school. And it's like, yeah, but she's getting premier education. Like, um, my kid's going to the sucky public school. Don't try to. 
<laughs> don't try to make me feel bad for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, I, I don't think I've ever had anybody directly come at me like that, but um or 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 say it like, you know, we're the same, but they definitely talked as if they were. Maybe they don't say we're the same. Uh hopefully seasoned seasoned leaders don't do that and managers don't do that but they do try to say hey man i'm I'm no different man i'm i'm one of you guys i'm i'm trying to just just treat me like you know treat me like i'm john or, or joe i mean i'm just like one of those guys all right and they speak like this to try to make you comfortable but the minute you try to leave two hours early like he does or like she does, you get reprimanded. <laughs> like, yeah, you tell your manager, like, man, I'm sick of being here today. I'm going to go ahead and leave. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm going to go ahead and sneak out. Like, yeah, nah, you tell man, the CEO it, of your company that. No, nah, it don't work like that. The CEO wants to be one of the common folk, but you can't do what he does or what she does. No, nah, what, what, what my CEO does, like, I see him, like, he'll do, like, these video conferences, like... Um, like these video town halls that everybody has to watch and he's walking around even though he's worth millions of dollars he's walking around with his uh his suit jacket on and his and, and his shirt on his button-up shirt with no tie like he's just a regular common man yeah I'm like oh yeah i'm just you know just a hard worker and you know, i'm just a normal guy when it all comes down to it i'm on the, like oh <laughs> it's like now nah, bro you're not normal you're one of the top five percent okay right you're not one of us here scraping the bottom of the barrel right certainly not and and the problem is is that you as a person as an actual common person when you get reprimanded for leaving that two hours earlier you trying to be like that boss because you and that boss are just alike you realize that man we're not the same and you lose a little bit of respect for that person because you kind of sold me a dream on that one. You know, you're trying to sell me a dream. You're yeah. doing too much. Yeah. yeah and he, he's actually, seems like he made it, then he faked it. <laughs> right, right. That's what, that's he's what that is. He's using this law in reverse, huh? Yeah. He's using the translation in reverse. Right. Yeah, man. Leaders who use that tactic are trying to be or trying to appear to be a commoner. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a hard time maintaining respect, loyalty, trust, fear, and love because they're not being who they are and they're not maintaining that separation of I have a job to do, I have a job to lead. Now, hold manage. on. Hold on. So I'm going to ask you to repeat the list of things that he's losing. Or he's gonna, okay. So, so say that again. So you're losing respect. Uh-huh. It's hard for you to maintain loyalty. Okay. Trust. Okay. Fear. Yep. And love. Okay. Um, so those are the things that you have a hard time maintaining. So my challenge for when you're, that when you're using this tactic, my challenge my challenge for that is Barack Obama. Okay. So he sometimes would kind of lower himself um to kind of like the common man level and be like you know i like to listen to jay-z okay um i like to watch basketball he, okay he called kanye west an asshole <laughs> okay so 
he talked about normal things like normal guys would. So, but he did. I don't feel like he ever lost any of that for self so for at least people in our culture. Him talking about those things that gave him more respect. That gave him more loyalty. Now he show he showed us that he shared similar interests as mm-hmm. the common folk. Yeah, but he didn't walk around as if hey, he wasn't I'm in the president. Talking and, about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He wasn't walking into your local neighborhood like, yo, I'm 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 B.O. from back on the block. And we're just we're just the same, man. I'm from the hood, too. You know what I'm saying? I know how to talk that talk. But he, 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 did, the, he did the brush the, sh- the dirt off your shoulders thing. Right. And he's showing that we have similar interests. And I think that's where the difference is. That boss person that's at your job and he's like, hey, when he gives you that small talk that I know you hate. Hey man, uh, did you watch the game? I love basketball. How do, what do you how do you think those Rockets did, or how do you think Golden State did, or whatever the case? He's showing that we have we have similar interests. Go ahead. Yeah, but that's wouldn't that be kind of shocking though if you if you had no idea that he was into basketball like that, and he started rattling off stats and highlights and stuff. Wouldn't that kind of make you be like, dang? Uh, Jim is pretty cool. I didn't know that. And that would be cool because we're sharing similar interests. I think the problem is rather than taking your authoritative position in leading or managing, whichever one you are, because there are differences between leaders and managers, rather than leading or managing, you're trying to tell your people, your direct reports that we are the same and you're trying to you're trying to let them have as much input into your leadership as possible almost to the effect where they feel like they're leading you're going to lose loyalty respect trust fear love because you're you're putting them in a position to act like they're you but they're not you they don't get the same perks that you get now i've seen that before on a, a small scale um like at burger king I know we used to work at Burger King where like an employee would challenge a manager. Like the man. Okay. Actually, I've done that before. Like somebody, <laughs> like somebody like made a big mess in the bathroom and I was like, man, I'm going to quit if they ask me to do it. Like ask me to clean it up. Right. And, uh, luckily, why, I why did you feel like, why did you feel comfortable enough to do that? Did you feel very chummy with your manager? I felt chummy with my manager. I mean, I, I they, one of the managers, I was giving her rides home. Gotcha. Like I'm, I'm helping my manager. I was my manager didn't ha- didn't have a car. Right. So I am, you're, in a, be- you're in a better position. Yeah, you're in a better position than they are. Right. Right. So you've lost respect for that manager now. Yeah, and I was like, man, because Rochelle, you're, you're doing better than them. I was like, if Rochelle was about to ask me to clean up that bathroom, I was gonna tell her, like, I quit. Yo, and you ain't getting a ride home. And you ain't getting a ride home. And I ain't taking you home. And Uber didn't exist back then, so good luck with that cab, Rochelle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was wondering what happened to her. She was was pretty cute, too. And I don't think she was that much older than me. Well, especially not now, but back then. Dude, we got got the Forever Connect. We got Facebook. You need to go look her up, bro. I don't know her last name. Yeah. Just look yeah, up all the Rochelle in St. Louis, Louis yeah. dog, and, and scroll through the 500 results you get. You'll find her. Probably good. <laughs> good luck with that. So I think that's what the difference is, man. Obama wasn't allowing the American people to feel like that they were making his decisions for him 
to where he was lying to them, telling the American people that, hey, man, we're just the same. He tried to relate. He tried to show that we share common interests and common goals. But he didn't make it like, hey, you're just like me. You're, you're, you're like the president, too. You can make these decisions like I make these decisions. And it's not like that. Okay. And I think that's what a problem. That's what a problem comes in. So, and just like you said, actually fraternizing. I know when I was in the Marine Corps, it was a big deal when you got picked to be or uh, when you got to the rank of E4 and above, uh, you are a non-commissioned officer. And once you reach E4, you're not supposed to fraternize, as they say, with a person of a lower rank. So you can't hang out with the E3s and E2s. And that was a that created conflict, man, because you came up with all your friends and all right. the people that you're working with. And all of a sudden you get promoted and you're not supposed to talk to them anymore. And the reason is, though, is because just like you said with your with your manager, Rochelle, once you have a chummy relationship, when it's time to give orders, your friend might not follow those orders because it's coming from you. Hey, and because man. you guys are too cool. Hey, man. Like you do fifty push-ups, right? I'm not cleaning. You clean that bathroom. I ain't doing it, and that will that will create a rift in the platoon. Wow, yeah. And I also learned this at a young age with my little brother. Man, when I was twelve, my little brother was six, and all my friends they would discipline their little brothers. Man, they would strike fear into their little brothers, like most big brothers did. And I decided I was gonna be different. How did I do that? I'm going to talk to my brother instead. I'm going to treat him as an equal. And really, my little brother was an equal, man, because my job was to protect him. My mom expected me to protect him. So when he wasn't doing the right thing, it was my job to step in and make sure he was doing the right thing. I needed to lead him, right? I didn't need him to co-lead. He's only six and I'm, I'm, I'm 12. So I had more responsibility on me. And to make a long story short, man, he didn't listen to anything that I really asked him to do. He didn't respect my 12-year-old authority. And that, that was a problem. Well, so. he probably recognized you were like on his same peer level. Like on my kids, my, my son, uh, my sons are seven years apart. And so my youngest, he won't listen to the oldest because he knows he's just a kid, too. He's beneath. He's on the same level as him. So but see, but, but he's not, though, because Big Brother is an older kid. He's a big kid, if you will. Yeah. I mean, he's damn near a teenager. <laughs> but there's, there's people, I mean, let's take it to, like, the corporate world. Like, there's people at, at, at my job who may have more seniority than me, but you're still in the same position as me. You can't tell me what to do. You're oh, not yeah. my boss right. kind of thing. Yeah. So, so that's yep. what I mean. It's kind of like that. Like, like I think my youngest son can see that. He knows that my oldest is just a is just a kid, and he ultimately has to answer to adults just like he does. Right. And you know what? It it's in and what I had to do was I realized I had to maintain a slight distance between big brother and little brother. I had to discipline him for not following my lead. And lastly. I had to show him that I was in the authoritative position. I was the authority when moms was away. We weren't on the same. We weren't on the same period group because if something went down, I'm the one that's taking the hit for it. It's not like we're both four years old and we both don't know no better and we both mm -hmm. do the same thing. I'm 12. I'm I got full responsibility when moms wasn't there. I'm right. expected. So when we're playing outside and she says your brother has to go with you and we want to ride bikes. And I have to have him tag along. I can't just ride off into the sunset without him. 
I need him to do exactly what I want him to do so we can both get to the destination and get back home safely. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Basically, like I said, my 12-year-old mind realized that I had to maintain that slight distance. And it all changed once I started being a leader and acting like one. So, okay. you see this with parents too, man. Parents that treat their kids like they're their friends rather than the, the leader, right? Or the authority. They try to act like a commoner. Right, right, right. The kids don't respect them at all. F you, mom. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> F you, mom. I hate you. You know, or the, or the mom be like, hey, you need to be quiet. No, you be quiet, mom. <laughs> you need to be quiet. <laughs> you need to go to your room. If you don't like exactly. it, you go to your room. Right. Don't tell me to leave. You leave. You're the one that don't like it. And that's what happens when you treat, you know, when, when you try to appear to be a commoner. That's exactly what happens. Now, the OG also tells us that it's within our own power to set our own price and how you carry yourself reflects what uh, what you think of yourself. Ooh, ooh, okay. ooh. Can I can I jump on this on jump in on this one? Oh, for sure. For sure. You got it. OK, so uh, hopefully this guy doesn't become the new Meek Mill on this show. But I got to bring him up again. LeVar Ball. Or, yeah, LeVar Ball. Right? <laughs> it's funny. I was thinking the same thing. So it's cool. We got the same example. Go for it. Yeah. And he's he's becoming the Meek Mill of this show now, isn't he? Like, no, he's not. He's not. I, no, we're, we're, dude, it's imperative that we talk about this because it seems like he read the book exactly. and he's using this law right before our eyes. Exactly. So, well, okay. So since we're thinking the same thing, you probably know a little more about his situation. You can go ahead and take it. Yeah. So LeVar Ball, he's the father of collegiate basketball player, basketball athlete Lonzo Ball. And he did exactly this. They wanted to independently release a basketball shoe. They didn't use Adidas, Nike, Reebok, or Under Armour. He used his own brand, Big Baller brand. He decided to sell a shoe for $495. He set his own price. Okay? Right. And how he was carrying himself, it, it reflects of what you think of yourself, but how did he used to come on, Jaren? He used to wear this big oversized t-shirt, right? Right, right. He just looked like... Jogging pants. He looked like... Yeah, yeah, jogging pants. He looked really chill. He looked like maybe he's an athlete himself, but he doesn't look like a person that runs a company that I, I would want to buy a $495 sneaker from. Right. So when the shoe released... The next time he was on ESPN announcing the release of the Big Baller brand ZO2, he was dressed to impress. He had on a nice suit. He spoke different. He spoke with confidence rather than arrogance. And he carried himself as if he had a company that sold shoes worth $495. But you know what? I think he still may have been able to do that. And I still think this law applies. So I feel like he faked it till he made it basically by he talks this big talk that his sons, you know, like he has the key for success for any basketball team. Like he's going to single handedly bring back the end, uh, NBA. I was about to say, <laughs> okay. say, say the NWA. <laughs> no, 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 not them, not them. They're good. He might, he might bring them back too. I don't know, but <laughs> like he's gonna single-handedly bring back the NBA, and that big talk. I think that's also what uh, Birdman did. Um, from what I understand, he had this big talk. Like he held these cards that if you don't ride with us, 
You're gonna get left behind. You're gonna right, be you're sorry. And Master P did the same thing. Yeah, and so maybe these guys. I mean, I, I mean, Master P and Birdman, I guess, did have the talent to back. Well, not not really Master P. He didn't really have. There was no talent on his staff um, at that time. Um, but he faked it, and he got his deal. He got the and money. And he, he got on and he sold millions and millions and millions of records. So so back to LeVar Ball, I feel like he's kind of doing the same thing. He's 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 building this this brand up. He's building his sons up. So they're gonna get, you know, he's hyped them up so much that well his oldest son is gonna be, you know, potentially the number one draft pick. His younger sons are going to whatever school they want to go to. So. Yeah. And the OG said, he also said that if you ask for a little, shuffle your feet, lower your head, people will assume this also reflects your character. And this just goes back to perception is everything. Not many people, nobody wants to give $500 for sneakers to a company with that man in oversized shirts, man. Yeah. Speaking arrogantly every time he opened his mouth. So. He faked it till he made it. He talked a big game, and now he's doing mm-hmm. his thing. But then again, I mean, he he he's touting his son as Jesus Jesus Shuttleworth. So, <laughs> right, he got game. Man. So so he he, he might have still been able to. I, I feel like he still could have did it. The suit, the suit and tie stuff. I don't. I'm really not sure what that was about, but I think he still could have did it just because of all the talk and hype that he did. Right. Yeah, he could have. I I think it was a better look for him, and it was it was. I was glad to see that he was able to make that switch up. Was, but the thing you know? is, it was so he he did it so abruptly that they even mentioned it. <laughs> during the right, interview. they were even shocked. Right. So that that wasn't very smooth of him. <laughs> he didn't ease into it at all. Right now, man, he just like turned it on. Like I clean up nice, right? That was it. Yeah. Uh, unless someone else who used it in 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 history, who that? Um, Aladdin. 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 He faked it until he made it. Man, he had a little bit of magic behind him, though. Man, I don't know if he count. But Princess Jasmine wasn't even checking for him at first. <laughs> Not at all. She wasn't. Then he got the genie, and then he became what's it, Prince Prince Ali Ababa yep. or something. Yeah, and he, and he had all the money and he had all the jewels, and then Jasmine, he got that look from Jasmine. Yeah, man. If all of us had a magic genie, man. Yeah. And a magic <laughs> carpet. Yep. Got that car. Huh? <laughs> so you got that nice car, though. I mean, that's kind of like a magic carpet. <laughs> right. Nobody's gonna pay premium dollar for any product that's endorsed by a person who doesn't 110% believe in the product, okay? So just quick example, if you're going on a job interview, do you think a company will be willing to pay you top dollar if you don't even believe in your own abilities? Not at all. You know, you live with yourself every day. You know your capabilities better than anyone else. So if you don't believe it, why should I? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. just make sure that you sell yourself out there. Don't shuffle your feet. Put your head down. You need to be out there and be confident. Now, in the keys to power, the OG spoke about. Uh, before you move on, I actually messed myself up doing this, not following this, actually. Oh, okay. So. Um, speak, brother, speak. One day out of nowhere, 
<clears throat> I still don't know how these guys got my number. But I got a phone call. And I can't even remember who the guy said he was calling, representing. But he called and said he was from Interscope. And they got this artist that they wanted me to take pictures of. And I was confused because he caught me off guard. I didn't know what to price him. I didn't want to price too low because then I'm like, what? And it's Interscope. You know, like, I'm supposed to give them the the baller uh, prices, right? Right. You're supposed to get them the $4.95. <laughs> the yeah, exactly. 495 treatment. <laughs> and I that's basically what I did. I, I tried to split the difference and kind of call out some prices. And he was like, oh, okay. All right, let me get back to you. And I was just like, dang, I might have priced myself out of this. And I'm not even sure if it was high or low. But I wasn't confident in in what the cost was. And just as whole, so you understand the scope and the level of fail that this was, let me just run down a list of some of their artists. Eminem, Lady Gaga, Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, Tupac, Kendrick Lamar, Madonna, Snoop Dogg, Katy Perry, Maroon <laughs> <Ray laughs> 5, J. Cole, uh, Gwen Stefani, Sean Combs is under their scope. Um, Pharrell, The Game, Marilyn Manson, Chief Keith, Black Eyed Peas, G Unit, just to name a few. Is, man. Will uh, Will Smith, Timberland, Schoolboy Q. Well, I am. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that hurt like a bee sting. In other words, so I messed up somewhere. I don't. I don't know how I messed up. I, I feel like it must have been it more than likely the confidence was lacking. Like yeah. Even if I said, you know, oh, it's going to cost $1,000, that's still, I mean, for Interscope, that's still little, but probably not so little for the level of artists that they wanted me to shoot. Right. So if I would have said it and made it sound like as if, like, this is a deal for you or, like, I'm definitely worth this, they probably would have went for it. Right, right. So... I th- I think that that does make a huge difference, man. Yeah, because I didn't sound like I was really worth that to them, probably. Dude, that's rough, man. Yeah. Anytime I see a, an artist from Interscope now, dude, I'm thinking like, wow, Jaren could have shot this cover right here. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Which which apparently is everybody. Basically, <laughs> that's the whole that's the whole game right now. Right. Any genre. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I missed my opportunity, so. Yeah. In the Keys to Power, the OG spoke about the way that children come out of the womb, kind of expecting and demanding everything that they want from the world. They don't even care. They just they're demanding everything. And he says that growing older and experiencing failures pushes us to set up these boundaries and limitations and expect less from others. And these limits are self-imposed limits. So we're too afraid to ask for what we need. We ask for less. We apologize for bothering people. You know, I'm, I'm sorry to bother you, but do you think you can? We don't have to be at, we don't have to be nervous for what we want, man. And this reminds me of Law 28. We need to interaction with boldness because when hmm. you shoot for the stars, you, you you'll be surprised at how many stars you catch. That's interesting. That's interesting. I I, I probably approach things with 
what I would consider being humble, but thinking about it like that, I guess it depends on what I'm asking for. I should exactly. probably should change my approach a little more. Exactly. I agree. This made me think about a lot of a lot of my experience and I was trying to do the exact thing that you're talking about. Be modest, be humble, be easy to work with, you know, try not to bother people, try to be the nice guy. But you don't get what you want doing that. You have to enter these actions with both. Chris Rock had a joke about that. Um, I can't say the joke on the PowerCast, but he was like, can I get a little, uh, do you think you could, uh, would you just, just <laughs> right. do it a little? Uh... Chris Rock yeah. fans know what I'm saying. <laughs> Chris Rock fans know. And if, if you don't know, go check it out. Go YouTube. Can I get a, excuse me, uh, excuse me, eh? That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, eh? <laughs> All right. Now, the OG gives a solution for this. If, if this is you, you're scared to ask, you're scared to bother people, he has a solution. He says you need to force yourself to downplay your past failures and ignore those limitations. Demand and expect as much as a child. When a child wants something to eat, something to drink, wants to play, wants candy, they, want it they don't care. Yeah. They don't care about asking. They don't care about getting on your nerves. Just think about that. That's what you need to be. So... How do you do this, you may ask. The OG has a strategy. It's called the strategy of the crown. Okay? If you believe those beliefs will radiate outward, similar to how a crown creates an aura around a king, is what the OG says. Okay. So, people start to see that radiance you emit or those vibrations that you put out into the world. And once they see your confidence, they would generally fall in line because... They're thinking you have to have a reason to be acting this way. Like you must be acting kingly for a reason. Have you ever seen anybody, Jaren, uh, walk into a room and their confidence just commanded respect? You ever felt that way? Uh, I can't they say. They looked important, so people believed that they were important? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I can't think of that happening to me personally, but I've heard stories of people who do that and have done that yeah another way to say it is some people walk in they're charismatic some people walk in they're confident not arrogant because there's a difference um, but when they walk into the room you feel like okay i need to make sure i respect this person because it's clear that this person is somebody who's supposed to be respected man this, <laughs> this law has me thinking about myself a lot like that can be all in just a simple greeting like you might go totally. to like a a friend's um, like barbecue or something, and it could be a difference of you walk in, hey, what's up? You know, just greeting somebody like, hey, how you doing, man? You know, just saying it like that versus, hey, how you doing? Oh, that looks good. You know, just being a lot more. Um, well, I don't know the word for that, but just being a lot more bold, I guess. Yeah, being open, being bold. A lot more confident, uh, a lot more sure in how you're speaking to them. Exactly. Because when you walk in with your head down, like, hey, um, good afternoon. There. Hi, everybody. With your head <clears throat> down, speaking softly, you're not commanding respect doing that. And people aren't going to respect you, but you walk in confident with your shoulders up, with your head up, your chest out. You stick your hand out for a good handshake. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. How's it going? Shake their hand. Oh, what you got? What you guys got cooking right now? You show that confidence. They're going to treat you differently. They're definitely like, going to. Yeah, Charlemagne. I know. Like that's kind of 
inspired me to uh, to to uh, get this book. But I know he said he walks into a room and he'll start saying what's up to everybody. He'll speak to everybody rather than expecting them to come to him or whatever. And I mean, this, this, like I said, this law just has me thinking about myself a lot and just like, I could do more. Like I'm probably at a level of where if I walk in a room, I'm like, Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? And that's it. I probably have some room to get even more bold with my greeting. Yep. And interaction with those people. So, you know, I, I think I do a pretty good job, uh, just, uh, commanding like speaking in a commanding voice and being sure of myself and i think i got that help from just being in the marine corps uh because they 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 try to train you to be sure of yourself and be confident Mm -hmm. um so i'm pretty good with that but i can definitely work on asking for exactly what i want versus trying to find a way to beat around the bush or a nice way to put it or not trying to get on anybody's nerves uh, I was actually at a uh, at my oh congratulations to my sister she just got married I was at my sister's wedding and uh, she had a special guest there he's a he's a singer and a bunch of people were bothering him to take pictures and my wife included so I you know they got the picture and I don't really I don't I don't even know what I would do with the picture with this guy with me and him so I didn't even think to ask for one I didn't care to ask for one. But I was thinking about this law after after the whole situation went down. I was thinking about this law. I'm thinking like, you know what? It wouldn't have killed him to take one more picture. Why did I not just assert myself to do it? Mm. At the end of the day, I didn't want to waste his time for a picture because I wouldn't have done anything with the picture anyway. I don't yeah. even know if I would have posted on social media. Like, what does that mean? I took a picture with this singer guy. But yeah, it's I was just thinking thing. about... It's probably a good thing you didn't because the last time you approached a, a, a music artist, it didn't go too well. <laughs> it didn't go well. The whole Wale thing. It, yeah, it's I didn't good. see this guy on Instagram, though, so it would have been, been different. Yeah, <laughs> I, I promise it would have been different. No, so the OG talks about acting with regal bearing versus arrogance. And regal bearing is moving, standing, and acting royally. Well, arrogance is more about self-entitlement and self-importance. So we need to be confident, not arrogant. Those two words are opposites of each other. Confident and, and arrogant is, is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're opposites? I feel, like, I feel like arrogance is just uh, the overkill of confidence. Yeah, well, the, the line between them. Wow, that was, that was deep right there. Write that down. <laughs> Quoted by Jaron himself. That was deep. I, I I really just made that up right there. I'm gonna actually write that. Yeah, down. it it is. It is definitely it definitely is an overkill, but they're not they're not the same. So what, by the time you step into that territory of being arrogant, you're no longer being confident. You're being more insecure, if anything. I feel arrogance. That. So being confident. Uh, so, wow. Yeah, actually, yeah. wow, dude. I just made that up right now. That was deep right there. So check it. When so there's a thin line. Are you gonna just steal my shot? <laughs> there's a thin line between confidence and arrogance. I was just gonna say it's like love and hate, right? Yeah. Yeah, and once you cross into that line and you start being arrogant, it's this form of insecurity there, which shows that you don't have confidence. Dog, this this one is yo. This power cast is pretty deep, bro. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So for me, they're opposites of each other. Okay. 
And for I'm me, glad you asked like, though, so I can explain. For, for me, it's like Super Saiyan too. <laughs> <laughs> now the OG also tells us that dignity is the mask to assume under difficult circumstances. You want to take the the dignified route, okay? You want to show dignity. It gives an appearance that nothing can affect you, and you have all the time in the world to to uh, to respond. And he says <laughs> that this is an extremely powerful pose. And we've seen this in hip-hop battles a lot. Well, hip-hop attacks. Because if you take the route that you're not going to reply, then that's not a battle anymore. It's just one person attacking another person. But it's only a battle when they both engage. Bro, but lower-level rappers, they do this to upper, upper echelon rappers all the time. I do this. I do this when, like, say, say if I'm running late and... Like, a, say I got to catch a train, like, you know, get on a Metro link or something. I'll be like, I'm not running. That's not dignified. <laughs> right. I'm not going to run. I'm just going to walk. And if I miss it, I miss it. I'll catch the next <laughs> one. But I'm not right. going to look undignified by by running to the Metro link. Sorry, I'm not doing it. Right. I feel that. And you know what? <clears throat> if I was standing on the sideline and I saw you walk with that calmness, like either you're confident and you don't care about being late or either you've timed yourself to where you can miss this one and still be good. Either way, that's a respectable move. Yeah. But the person that's running off frantically, you know, sweating out their hair for the ladies or for the guys that's looking all crazy, running to the train and they get there and they're huffing and puffing. There's no dignity in there's no dignity in that. There isn't. <laughs> so <laughs> So the OG gave us a couple strategies that you can use, okay? He's trying to help everybody out. He says, first of all, you got to make a bold demand. All right? That's where it starts. You got to make the demand. After that, you got to go after the highest person in the building, man. You got to go in dignified, though. Not loud and obnoxious. But this shows that I'm on the same level as the person I'm trying to get at. I said that. You know I, mean? I said that. In, um, I can't remember. It was a. It was a few podcasts ago. But I said you got to go over. You got to go after the baddest chick in the room. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And exactly. that would that will let the other bad chicks know that you are a high value person, and that'll let <clears throat> maybe you're not one in that ten. Maybe you're only one in six or a seven. But that'll let them six or sevens know that you are um, worth getting you know like you can pull a 10 if you want it yep and there you go that's faking it till you make it because even even you halfway believe that you can get that chick but you're gonna go at it though right because you're faking it right so you can go pull you an eight and a half or a nine now you knew you weren't gonna get the 10 but you got to be confident and go try it right yeah <laughs> just let them see it and then uh the third strategy the third part of the strategy is give a gift to those above you because when they ex when they accept those gifts, uh, it's like you guys are equals now. Uh, wait, well, okay. okay. I'm sorry. I have to go back to the last one. And I know this is this is running long, but I got another good story. It's quick. So we were in the weight room in high school one time, and this one dude. It was like this dude's brother, and he came he came into the weight room, and he looked like he just got out of prison. He had like the prison body. And he walked in and he was like, who in here could drop three plates? And he's talking about bench pressing. He wanted to know who can bench press 315 pounds in high school. And he just challenged everybody. 
<laughs> and he looked so so diesel and, 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 and nobody wanted, wanted to mess with that dude like he's like alright man you got it <laughs> so he challenged you know the strongest people in there and you know everybody else fell back because we knew our strongest guy couldn't do 315 so right so now you guys are looking at this guy he's definitely top dog at the moment yeah nobody's gonna try him absolutely so uh giving a gift to those above you when they accept that gift you guys are kind of like equals at that point and also og talks about gift giving being a brilliant strategy because you're not begging okay so instead you ask for help in a dignified way which also implies equality between you and that other party all right Mm -hmm. so set your own price if you ask for less you're going to get less and uh asking for more sends that message that you're valuable okay because even if they're not interested in what you're trying to sell them they're still going to respect your confidence at the end of the day yeah and cool. as far as that gift giving, uh, Deepak Chopra said the same thing in Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. So that that's, I mean, if you needed proof that that's real, or there you have it, there's somebody else telling you the exact same thing. Yeah, that's two OGs now. Yeah. If you don't believe the one, you got to believe when they double up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now it's time for the reversal. And the OG says that the goal... Is to set yourself apart from others, okay? However, if you take it too far, this will also be your undoing. So back to that LeVar Ball. If he keeps going too far, this this tactic that he's using of being royal, faking it till he makes it, can also be his undoing. So you got to watch it. Don't try to elevate yourself by humiliating other people. That was... Yeah, that was that was that that was another law. There was a law about that uh, when we had the um, the one law that had like uh, the eight different little mini laws in it. Oh, yep, yep. I need to get better on knowing to being able to recall these laws. But yeah, you know, it was we, easy when we were on the first ten. Right, we're on thirty four now, bro. Right. <laughs> it's rough, man. It's rough. If it wasn't within the last two or three laws, I can't really call it out as easily. But I'm still studying too, man. I'm still going back and listening to our old shows. I listen to the audio book, and I am trying to uh, be able to. Pull these out when I need them. Try to recognize them so it becomes second nature. Uh, also in the reversal, the OG says, try not to fi- fly too high above the crowd because you become an easy target. And lastly, uh, there are times when the dignified approach can be dangerous. And what I got from this is that you just have to choose your battles wisely, okay? Every time somebody's walking down the street outside your house, that's not a reason to call the police, right? However, if you see people with ski masks and guns, don't just sit there and hope nothing happens. You have to take action. So that's part of that was just an example of you have to choose your battle wisely when to just sit there and be dignified or when you have to take action. So when the people are just walking up and down the street, be dignified. Don't be nervous. But when you see people that look like they're about that action, you need to take action or will be your undoing. It could just be winter time, and they might just be, you know, proponents of, proponents of the uh, 
Second Amendment. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm not sitting around to wait on it. They should have chosen a better stated. time. Yo, they should have chosen a better time to walk around with ski masks and guns. They should they should have chose a better time to do that. <laughs> yeah, right. man. Confidence, right. radiate confidence, not arrogance. Go ahead. We can close it out. My bad. All right, guys. So uh, this one went a little long, but we did kind of miss a week, and this was a hot loss. So I think you deserve a little extra. Definitely, we owed you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so. As always, we do encourage you to get your own copy of Robert Greene's, Sir Robert Greene's, The 48 Laws of Power. You can get the audiobook like we're listening to, or you can get the the uh, paper back or hard cover. I don't know. Get one of those. Um, because you know Robert Greene, he needs you. He has something new that he's trying to do. And I actually found out this is pretty dope. I heard that he actually listened to our last podcast and he decided that he wanted a new pair of shades for every single day of the year. Oh, wow. So um, he needs your help because shades are costly. I just went to look for some shades recently because I lost mine. Shades are $400 for some real basic looking ones, too. And I couldn't, even, I couldn't even find any that I liked. So uh, he needs your help. You need to uh, go and buy a copy of this. And just because you get Robert Greene's book or audio book doesn't mean you don't need us anymore. Just like listening to this PowerCast doesn't mean you don't need to get your own book. Okay. Robert Greene is like. Robert Greene is like coconut Ciroc. Smooth, nice flavor. You can drink it just like that right out the bottle. Pour it in a glass. You can have it on the rocks. But we're like the pineapple juice, all right, to mix with that thing. We complement the OG Robert Green. We take that coconut Ciroc, you add that pineapple juice, and you've made a Coco Loso. Yeah, I would Boom. say I would say he's kind of like Robert Green. He's kind of like Michael Jackson, and we're like Jermaine. Without us, the Jacksons would have never been anything. <laughs> Michael Jackson would have been something. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's not <laughs> true. The, maybe, okay. The, okay. Maybe that was about it. No, 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 no. That was perfect. Michael Jackson would have been something, but the Jacksons themselves as a group, collectively? Mm, they would have still made Jenison. it without Jermaine. That was, that was a bad <laughs> example. I, I'll, I'll, I'll have to go back to the drawing board on that one. <laughs> All right, no, guys. Man, they need big bro. <laughs> All right, guys. So next week we have Law Thirty Five, which is master the art of timing. <laughs> See what I did okay. there? Okay. That the pause. Yeah, we got it. We got it, bro. Okay. The pregnant pause. All right. So <laughs> also uh, we have our regular podcast where we talk about things. Like spoiled kids, words that mean things. There you go. The and, overuse of words and yeah. uh, clothes and stuff. That doesn't sound. Why very, you make it sound so boring? I, mean, so that I sound promise very exciting, it's but <laughs> I promise it's dope. But it's better than that. 
right, then check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and we have an email, thecorporatestreets at gmail.com. It's Corporate Streets with a Z. And you know what you're listening to. This is the Corporate Streets Podcast. This is the podcast for people that say, you know the saying, fake it till you make it. Me, I did the opposite. Made it, then I faked it. And acted like I gave a bleep money I was saving up to buy a crib that's gated to 100 racks. I gave it up for what? Yeah. And that's it. Peace. Peace. You know, you know what that's from? Uh, is that is that J. Cole? That's J. Cole. All right. I knew I heard that it. That was from Chaining Day. There you go. Listen to that Peace. track. That That's this law. <laughs> For sure. All right, guys. Enrich your life. Attain your goals. Thank you for listening to the Corporate Street of Corporate Street of Corporate Street. Powercast. Powercast. Powercast.